0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the episode of Living Loud Outdoors. On the mic with you. On the run. It seems like we're always on the run. Been a little mobile this weekend. Uh, got to go spend a little bit of time with my beautiful bride over in Sepulpa where she's staying with her father. and uh, Thank you for the continued prayers for our family. Today is Rhonda's birthday. We. Um, we, we we woke this morning and celebrated her birthday this morning, but and uh, just um, want to wish her a happy birthday. I know that many have done so via Facebook, and uh, she always gets on to me for sharing stuff about her. She doesn't like to be up front, uh, but this woman is special to me. Uh, she is... Uh, enlightening. She is encouraging. Uh, she has has pushed me to, to limits I did not know I was capable of, uh, encouraging me to continue to do the things that God has called us to do. Uh, such a blessing, and I, I love her deeply. Uh, thank you all so much for, for showing her some love today and making this day very special for her uh, and for me as well as we, um, as we continue on this journey ronda and i've been married for five years we're working on on six Uh, been a lot of challenges been lots of things that um, life throws at us from time to time we are uh, both ministers we have long history of ministry and uh, we're still continuing in that together and uh, it, it is it is awesome to see how god continues to pour out over his people amen I want to share with you a message this morning that uh, I've actually put this together quite some time ago. God just is really—it just seems like we're at a time where God is really speaking some deep things to us, and I think it's a shaking. I think there's a an awakening, a shaking, a, a shin kicking going on here, saying, "Hey, it's time to pay attention because things are happening around us that lead us to believe we very well are in these latter days that the Bible talks about." And I I want to share with you a message. I I titled this, It's Coming. And I believe that with all my heart. It's coming. And I'm going to share with you my thoughts when we get to the end of this. We're going to go to Acts chapter 2. Uh, in, uh, where the, the description of the story is the day of Pentecost. We we know that well, right? The disciples are, are in the upper room. Jesus had told them to go and wait. The Comforter will come, uh, and, and it did so. The story the where the Holy Ghost fills the room, uh, sets upon them with, with tongues of fire, and they begin to speak in other tongues. Uh, the, there were people from all over the country that was there for the festival, the, the, the time frame where there was uh, people from all over, all different dialects were there, and they heard these disciples speaking even in their own native tongue. Most were in awe, asking, how can this be? But, but some of these guys began to proclaim, well, these boys are just drunk. You know, they're just babbling. So from this, we get Peter's infamous sermon. Now, this is going to come from Acts chapter 2 verses 14 through 47. And I'm going to share with you some powerful scripture. And I I pray that you open your heart and let God speak to you because there's so many nuggets buried in this that we all need to understand and catch as Peter gives his message. So Acts chapter two, verse 14 through 47, it says, but Peter standing with the 11 raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, Let this be explained to you. Listen closely and pay attention to what I have to say. These people are not drunk, as you assume, since it is only the third hour of the day, about 9 a.m. But this is the beginning of what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind, And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see divinely prompted visions, and your old men shall dream divinely prompted dreams. Even on my bondservants, both men and women, I will in those days pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will bring about wonders in the sky above, and signs attesting miracles on the earth below, blood and fire and smoke and vapor. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And it shall be that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking, adoring, and worshiping the Lord Jesus, shall be saved. They shall be rescued spiritually. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man accredited and pointed out and attested to you by God with the power to perform miracles and wonders and signs which God worked through him in your very midst. Just as you yourselves know, this man, when handed over to the Roman authorities, according to the predetermined decision and the foreknowledge of God, you nailed him on a cross, and you put to death by the hands of lawless, and godless men. But God raised him up, releasing him and bringing an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in death's power. He goes on to say, "...for David says of him, I saw the Lord constantly before me, for he is at the right hand so that I will not be shaken from my state of security." Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue exulted exceedingly. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope, that is, will encamp in anticipation of the resurrection. For you will not forsake me and abandon my soul to Hades, the realm of the dead, nor let your Holy One undergo decay after death. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will fill me, infusing my soul with joy with your presence, I love how David expresses that. There, where where Peter's actually quoting David's words and all of that. Peter goes on to say, "Brothers, I may confidently and freely say to you regarding the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day." And so. Being a prophet and knowing fully that God had sworn to him with an oath that he would seat one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke prophetically of the resurrection of the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. And he was not abandoned in death to Hades, the realm of the dead, nor did his body undergo decay. All that David just said there was about Jesus, about, about Jesus literally dying, but being resurrected before his body could even decay. Peter goes on to say, God raised this Jesus bodily from the dead, and in and of the fact, we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this blessing which you both see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, yet he himself says, The Lord, the Father, said to my Lord, the Son Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all of the house of Israel recognize beyond all doubt that God has made him both Lord and Christ, Messiah and anointed, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they had heard this, when the crowds around heard Peter speaking these things, they were cut to the heart with remorse and anxiety. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what are we to do? And Peter said to them, Repent, change your old ways of thinking, turn from your sinful ways, accept and follow Jesus as the Messiah, and be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, because of the of the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is a powerful piece of scripture that he just spoke right there. All of these men, recognizing what Peter's just said, literally saying, you're the one to put him on the cross. And they're asking, well, now what do we do? How, how do we correct this terrible thing that we've done? And he simply says to them to repent, to change, to turn away from their sin, to accept and follow Jesus, be baptized in the name of Jesus because of the forgiveness of our sins. I, I like how it's worded there. Be baptized because of the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus forgives our sins when we accept Him, when we surrender, when we repent. But we're to be baptized as a public declaration of our faith and our turnaround. We're, that 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 public declaration literally buries us with Christ, and we're raised a new creation. Though literally, the dunking under the water representing burial. And the resurrection coming as we stand up fresh, washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And when this happens, we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter goes on to say, For the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children and for all who are afar away, including the Gentiles. In other words, he's saying it's for everybody. It's not just for a select few. As many as the Lord our God calls to himself. And Peter solemnly testified, and he continued to admonish and urge them with many more words, saying, Be saved from this crooked and unjust generation. So then, those who accepted his message were baptized, and on that day, about 3,000 souls were added to the body of believers. That's quite a church service, where 3,000 are added to the body of Christ, who have surrendered their life to the Lord. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. A sense of awe was felt by everyone, and many wonders and signs attesting miracles were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed in Jesus as Savior were together and had all things in common, considering their possessions to belong to the group as a whole. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing the proceeds with all of the believers as anyone had a need. Day after day they met in the temple area, continuing with one mind and breaking bread in various private homes. They were eating their meals together with joy and generous hearts, praising God continually and having favor with all people and i love this last line of this passage of scripture and the lord kept adding to their numbers daily those who were being saved what an incredible story what what an incredible passage of scripture describing what was going on all because people began to understand and believe the truth the word that was being spoken that, that, brothers, what shall we do? Repent. Turn away from your sin. Stop doing the things that are taking you away from God. The Word of God simply says that, that he can't even look upon sin. If we've got this darkness in us, we've got to let a light shine on us, Jesus' light. We've got to surrender our whole heart. We can't keep any filth in us. We can't hold one closet door shut. Jesus knows our heart. He knows who we are. He knows what we are about. And he sees through us, man may not, we may hide things from those around us, but God sees us. He sees the, the intent of our heart, and that's what he's looking for, surrender. Surrender your life to Christ today. Do you, do you desire to see this, this moving of God like we see in this? Can, can you imagine going to church to, today on Sunday morning, going to church and seeing 3,000 people give their lives to Christ? I don't know where we'd put them in our church. We, our church is little. We're, we're going to we're gonna have to go outside. But think about what's being said here. The only reason that they were being added is because of the truth that was being spoken to them. Not elaborate. Wasn't a dog and pony show. Didn't have the lights turned down. Didn't have the fog machines going. Didn't have the cool worship leader wearing a little beanie hat. I still haven't quite understood that. But, but think about what's being done here. It's just a simple truth. It's God's word being projected into the crowd. Jesus came so that the lost would be found. That's our role. That's what he's given us to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and to make followers of all nations, all people, everybody that we encounter. How how do you make a disciple? You, You lead people. You can't be a good leader unless you're a great follower. You've got to be a great follower of Jesus Christ yourself before others are going to follow you in the path that you're taking. But our role here is to light the way. We are the light of Christ on this earth. We're his hands and feet. We're to be the ones producing this, this, this movement in these last days. As God pours out his Spirit on all flesh, as, as our sons and daughters begin to prophesy, as our old men begin to see dreams and visions, as, as God's Spirit begins to stir in the hearts of people, it will draw all men unto Him. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. We can't save anybody. All we can do is present them with the opportunity. Can you imagine what it would be like to have such a passion for the lost, the heart of Jesus for the lost, that, that, that we begin seeking out those who are lost and speaking the truth to them, not all will listen, not not all will adhere to the ways of God, but those who do will be transformed. They will be saved and set free from the bondage of sin in their life. And in that process, look what he says: they added to the numbers daily. We've we've lost this. We've lost this element. We we've become such a lazy. Uh, generations where we go to church on Sunday and, and the idea is, is the dude that we pay to stand in that pulpit is to feed us. Listen, I didn't, if most of you who know me know I'm a big guy, Uh, I'm, I'm pretty fond of my tacos and my enchiladas and things. I didn't get this way from eating one meal a week. I need to be in the presence of God daily for my spiritual nourishment to continue daily. I bring a podcast out every day. You think that's easy? Absolutely not. I have to spend time with the Lord, and, and I have to be tuned into him in such a way that I can let him pour into me messages just like this one. This is scripture. I've read this multiple times, but this, this moment when, when God opened my eyes to this to see that this is our time. This is what we're here to do. We are to share the message of Jesus Christ with everyone we encounter, and in the process of that, he will add to the numbers of his church, his body, not ours, his body daily. All these messages that I produce, everything that goes out, I have no idea what the outcome is. Oh, every now and again, I'll get a message and I'll get something like, man, that really changed my life or, you know, thank you for that. I really needed that at such a time as this. Man, those are great. Those are great pats on the back for me to know that the God is using me to change someone's life, but it's not me changing them. It's his word. Are we ready for a movement like this? Are, are we true? We, we all cry out. We want revival. What does revival look like to you? What do you think it is? Just just a few extra services at our church? most of us don't want that because we got other stuff we need to be doing. We're too busy to go to church. I can remember as a young person when when revival would would come we we might we might have an evangelist at the church for a couple of weeks at a time. Look at what happened in in Pensacola, Florida, Brownsville assembly of God when they got hungry for God, when they got on their faces and began crying out, "God, we're not satisfied with what we see." Steve Hill an Evangelist was there at that time, and John Kilpatrick was pastoring that church, and revival broke out that 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 literally spun wildly for years. We were going to a church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. That 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 we got connected with a little church in in uh, the cornfields of of Missouri, Smithton, Missouri. A little church there that through the Brownsville Assembly blew up and began in revival services themselves and. And we caught a spark from that, and our our church was doing five services a week. And we did that for two and a half years that I was there. Two and a half years of five services a week. Are you ready for that? What did we see in the process of that? We saw an outpouring of God's Spirit. We saw people coming to know the Lord in ways that we physically couldn't do on our own. It was a move of God's Spirit. Yeah, I saw some flaky stuff, and I saw some dog and pony show but in the midst of all of that, we saw the truth of God setting people free, changing lives forever. Mine was one of those. I, that was, I, I've, I left that revival movement and went into ministry full time. I took a position in Durango, Colorado as a youth pastor. And From Durango, moved into Farmington, New Mexico and, and, and worked there for several years. And, and then before God brought us back home, and I've continued in ministry from that time. It's, it's it's Now I do what I do now. I'm an evangelist, and I speak on this microphone, and God's moving all over this nation, and it's becoming more intense. There's a need for us to get ready. There's a need because it's coming. The power of God is coming. The outpouring of his spirit is coming. It's begin already. We're already seeing movements of God's spirit all across this nation. I follow many different evangelists that are seeing God move in ways that are unreal. It's coming. Are you ready? What part are you going to play in this? Because see, revival has to start in us. Revival has to start in our heart. We have to surrender. We have to say, God, I want it all. God, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. God, I'm hungry for a move of your spirit in my heart. And and, and then when the fire of God falls in our heart, then it can consume our own home. It, it can begin to change our own home, our, our family, those around us. And when the fire of God consumes our heart and then it consumes our home, we can carry that to the place we pray. We can take it to the church and from the home, from our heart to the home and then to the church and the church gets hungry and they desire, then it begins to spill out into the streets of our communities and then it begins to spill out into our states and then it begins to spill out across the nation and then it begins to spill out across the world. But it all starts with me. It all starts with my heart. It all starts with my surrender. It's coming. Are you ready? What are you going to do with it? God's Spirit is moving. He's looking for those who will be hungry, that will not not give up, not pacify time, but look for ways to work and allow Him to work through them and allow the Spirit of God to flow the way He intended it from the very beginning. Amen. I'll quit. That's a good word. I, I pray that you're catching what's being spoken here, changing our life. It's what's it's what it's it's what's mandated. God says that we we're commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to make followers. We have to be surrendered. It all has to start inside of our heart. Amen. God bless you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I know that the Spirit of God is moving. We're seeing things. There are things coming, and we've got to be prepared prepared for them. We've got to be ready to do what he's calling us to do at any given moment. It's coming. Pray with us. Walk with us. Journey with us. Support this ministry if you can. All of our giving links are right there on our our website, www.livingthoutdoors.com, right on our Facebook page. You can give to us in multiple ways. Please continue to pray with us, walk with us, hand in hand, arm in arm, back to back as we fight this fight today. Amen. We love you. Thank you so much for uh, the blessings you are to to Rhonda and I. Uh, Rhonda and I are praying for you, that God blesses you in return. Shoot her a message and tell her happy birthday today. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.